This is episode 34 with Diana Nunez, and we are talking about using color as soul therapy. You're tuned in to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to discuss topics related to culture, relationships, self-improvement, and everything in between. The most authentic way of building true connections is by being vulnerable and sharing our own unique perspectives. So let's start right here, right now. Color is simply energy, energy made visible. Colors stimulate or inhibit the functioning of different parts of our body. Treatment with the appropriate color can restore balance and normal functioning. Hmm. (laughs) That is a quote by Lori Buchanan. And as you guys will hear in just a few moments, this quote is extremely aligned with this week's chat with my amazing guest. So before we jump in to this chat, I just want to say that this past week was extremely telling in terms of me figuring out where I was failing as a person who is supposed to be 100% dedicated to their craft. I realized that I had completely let down a few of my amazing supporters by not sending my weekly newsletter. I wasn't doing a few other things that I committed myself to because I just supposedly didn't have the time. And what I realized after reflecting and being honest with myself was that I just wasn't allocating my time properly and that's not sustainable if I really do want to go out and make something of myself and my life and channel all of this energy I have into creating something purposeful in the world. So I just want to remind you all that if you are (laughs) trying to manifest something amazing in your life, there is going to come a time where you will have to choose whether or not you will be 100% dedicated to it. On my side, I thought I was, but... This week, I realized that I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do this while also claiming to be committed. And I just didn't do the things that I said I was going to do. And I honestly had a few people hit me up saying, hey, where's this thing that you were putting out? And at that point, I realized, oh, crap. There are people holding me accountable here and I have to figure out what I'm doing. I have to allocate my time properly and I can't just be wishy-washy with the things that I'm doing. So I just felt like I had to say that because it's something that I just realized and now that I know it I'm like okay 100% committed I have to get into this shit even if that means that I have to stay up late if I have to record on a Sunday which I am doing right now whatever it is we have to do this 100% because that's the only way that the universe is going to basically you know align us with the things that we say that we want okay all right I want to remind you all that if you enjoyed this show and if you enjoyed this episode in particular, make sure to take a screenshot of your phone as you listen and tag me. I love knowing what you all think and receiving your messages and seeing those screenshots honestly gets me through my days. I seriously mean that. I have gotten some messages some days that I'm feeling really shitty and I'm just like, oh, uh, thank God I just got this. I feel so purposeful and I feel so loved and, you know, it just really calibrates me. So please do that, please. And as of this week, I am going to start something new. So if you rate and leave a review under iTunes, what I will begin doing as of this week is that I will be choosing one person that will receive some unreleased merch in the mail. I have never put out anything for sale, anything that has my logo or anything, and I have some things that I just have in my house that I'm like, hey, you know what? I think some people would really like this. So all you have to do is take a screenshot of your comment, send it to me via Instagram DM, Twitter, or email it to me. And if you get chosen, I'll just respond to you and say, hey, thank you so much. Uh, What's your address? And you will be receiving something from me 100% free in the mail. Okay, so that is that. I hope that you all do that because, I mean, honestly, I want to share these things with you. So, yes. All right, on to this week's chat. This week, I sat down to chat with Diana Nunez. Diana is a Brooklyn-based graphic designer, animator, content creator, and most importantly, she is a beautiful energy to be around. She's made her way from Puerto Rico to Miami and now New York, and she always allows her creative instincts and her talents to guide her next moves. And obviously, they've worked out for her because she's designed for companies like Corona, K-Swiss, Puma, Champs, JetBlue, and lots and lots more 
Throughout this interview, we discussed the inspiration behind her vibrant, bubbly designs, which after this interview, I'm sure you are going to go and chase to see because she's an amazing person. And honestly, her work is fantastic. And what keeps her going through the transitions and changes that have inevitably presented themselves in her life. Deanna really dropped some gems throughout this chat. So I suggest you turn up the volume, jot some notes, and soak up the awesomeness. This is a quality, quality conversation. Enjoy, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I'm here with Diana Nunez. Hello. We are finally here. <laughs> finally. Thank you for having uh, me. Of course. After months of trying to <laughs> plan this listen this is how the universe planned it to be so yes, it's we fine are, we are finally here in a beautiful space at the wing mm-hmm. in a beautiful colorful room recording this show and um i'm thrilled to have you on Thank i've you. been meaning to meet you for a while now <laughs> your energy online is amazing and Thank your energy you. in person is even better wow okay so, yes. now i'm blushing <laughs> got really hot in this room <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe yourself for those of you, for those of uh, my listeners who have not come across your work? Who mm-hmm. is Deanna? Well, Deanna has become very unapologetic. Um, I'm very witty. I like to think I'm witty. If anybody else doesn't think I'm witty, then that's okay. <laughs> but I like to think I'm witty, and I think I like to be a vibrant personality as much as possible because we need that more in this world. So. That definitely comes across in your work. Wow, your thank you. Your work is very vibrant, very positive. And yeah, I mean, I hadn't met you, but I just figured if this is her work, then mm. this has to speak volumes about the kind of person that she is. And For sure. Like, I mean, obviously, it's very obvious that that trickles into what you create. But mm. um, when you think about what you are creating, is that intentional? Is that all of the colors and the patterns and everything? Is it all um. intentional? It's funny because my work is just based off my mood at that time. Whether it's a client project or it's a passion project, um, I like to tell people I always start with color first, and that's just the mood that I'm in. If I'm in a blue mood, you're going to see like hues of blue. And if I'm in a very poppy, bold kind of mood, you're going to see like the corals. And So it really just depends on my mood on that, um, and I never really go into a project thinking this is what I'm going to do. I'm just yeah. like, this is how I feel, and we're just going to play it by ear. And most of the time, it works. Sometimes it doesn't, and I have to start over. But, yeah, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just kind of like second nature to me at this point. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so your, your pa- like the patterns that you use and your style is very unique to you. Thank you. I've never seen anything like it before. So how did you come to kind of create that? Because I think that the way that you create is it's almost like it speaks for itself and it can be distinguished amongst anything. But how did you get to that point where you're able to be like, oh, like this is how I'm going to, um, I guess, express myself. Mm. I've always imagined myself living in this very color induced world. So I just, every time I do those shapes, I always think of myself like walking through it and what does it feel like? And it feels squishy, it feels cozy. A lot like my style when I wear sneakers or jeans, whatever the case may be. Uh, So all those things kind of were born on the premise of if I was walking through this or if I was to come across of it in a window or something, what would it make me feel like? And I love that warm, fuzzy, squishy feeling. Mm. (laughs) And so those shapes kind of represent that. and it will make more sense down the line when you see them animated because right now there's no really movement. They're supposed to capture movement, but all in all, I think that's what it represents more, just being the soft, squishy, warm, fuzzy, butterfly in your stomach kind of feeling. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I was I was telling Deanna earlier, she was taking uh, some pictures and I was like, wow, I just wish my brain worked like <laughs> yours because she took a picture and I'm like, I didn't even see that and she saw it. so. It's just so interesting to kind of get a glimpse into how your mind works, you know? It's definitely a muscle that I've, like we said earlier, that I have to flex all the time. Um, A lot of people are like, oh, I wish I was as creative Deanna as Deanna. But I'm like, I don't wake up like this, you know? I have to foresee the beauty in a lot of things. A lot of, like, give a corner, a caddy corner, a pair of books or anything when you're walking down the street. Give it a chance to be something more than what you think it is. 
people see grungy and they're just like, oh, that's dirty. But it's like grungy can be cool and it can be perceived in a very beautiful manner if you just give it the opportunity to. And so when I look at things, I'm always looking around. I'm always training my mind to be like, oh, that would be a really good angle or that's a really beautiful color palette or imagine being able to illustrate this and seeing those those tiles in the kitchen of the wing. I'm just like, that's a really beautiful color. And those patterns together with the coffee at the edge of the table, you got a vibe right there. Yes. <laughs> so crazy. Like, and it's so true. As I saw the picture, I'm like, yes. And, and you, just, had it, you haven't even done anything to it. Yet. Yeah. You just took the picture. So it's like, if you decide to do something with that after, it's going to be even better. Thank you. I just think it's seeing the beauty in everything. Allowing yourself the opportunity of that is what allows me to see things differently and people are able to pick up on it they're like oh that that makes sense but imagine if you just train your mind to be like okay looking at this looking at that mic right now with that blue and just sweater hello those two (laughs) colors right now are just like telling me a story different textures right now the mic the foam and then you got like this knit Oh, I can go on forever. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like so fascinated by your Thank brain, you. Honestly. Uh, how did you, I mean, so you have to build this muscle, but doesn't it come from like this intrinsic part of you that has always been this bubbly and creative? Like, have you just developed something that was already a gift, you feel like? Or was it an intentional, like, I want to get into graphic design and now I'm going to dive into this and then that's how this all evolved? I think where it really stems from is my need to storytell. So that can be anything, whether it's incorporating different textures or different colors or different shapes, or the case may be. I think what's really started that need for me to do graphic design or illustration was like, I want to storytell, but in a different way. I just don't want to talk anymore. I just want to be able to do something and let, the, let other people have a conversation about it if they like it. And if they don't, that's fine. But I was just so tired of talking and so tired of giving other people the blueprint of doing certain things. And they're just like, wow, that's really eccentric. It's kind of making me uncomfortable. I don't really like it. And I'm just like, well, okay. So you know what? I'm not going to give anybody else a blueprint anymore. I'm just going to take it for myself. I'm going to interpret it to the best way that I can creatively. And I'm just not going to talk anymore. And I'm just going to do my work. And so far, it's worked. And it just all stemmed from my need to say something without having to say anything at all. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. And you do. You do say a lot. Thank you. Um, and I think that that's so important to come to terms with, especially during a time like we're living in right now where mm-hmm. people are burning out and they're tired of talking and they're tired of doing this. And I've always thought, you know, you can talk by creating. You don't right. have to use your words. You mm-hmm. can draw and you can paint and you can dance and you can do all these things. And express yourself and relay exactly what it is that you want to relay um so in terms of your type of storytelling what kind of stories are you trying to tell i'm definitely trying to tap into mental awareness and how to take care of your mind um a little backstory about like all the colors and like all the shapes really help alleviate my anxiety from day to day um And I've always seen color as like a correlation of emotion and memories. And so when I look at color and I start to play around with color and I start to create these things, it's so therapeutic to me that by the end of my project, I feel so relieved. I feel less anxious and less hypocritical of myself because that's my really cheap therapy. I call it cheap therapy. And it's the best way for me to express myself. So hopefully through that, people don't really know that because when they first look at my pieces they're like oh my god this is vibrant this is beautiful wow and I'm like cool it stemmed from a really anxious place but it's providing me light because it's giving you light and it's kind of like a recycle you know so you're happy I'm happy I'm less anxious cool job done Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm kind of trying to tap into now and I've become a lot more vocal about it online Um, and I've had people like say you don't do that You don't want to let brands know that. But it's like, when I built my platform, I never wanted to be like an ambassador of something. You know, I didn't start my career to one day work with a brand. Because yes, that puts coins in my pocket. But at the end of the day, like, I have so much more going on in my mental than a check. And so what better way for me to express that than through my creativity? 
So that's where I am now, and that's like what a lot of my pieces kind of tap into without really having to dive into that because it, it can scare people and people don't really understand it. So the best way to connect them is through the pieces that I've been doing lately. And I mean, how, what was your intention when you started your platform and what inspired you to even go about trying to start something? I was just so bored <laughs> of seeing everybody else doing what they were doing. And that's what got me in trouble at the very beginning of my career. Because before I started doing illustration, I was a style blogger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I try can to see it. <laughs> Fashionable try to, yeah, try to imagine that, okay? Um, Miami fashion blogger, all right? Imagine that. And then just imagine me. <laughs> In the midst of all that. And I really tried to make it work. I, I think I forced myself into the community a little too harshly. And it turned a lot of girls off. Well, I did something. I wrote a blog post about how bored I was about the fashion, <laughs> <laughs> about the fashion community. And that got me into a lot of trouble with the girls. They felt like attacked. Yeah. But it's like, am I lying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to answer my question, no, I was not lying, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody knew that, and um, the community of Miami at that time just wasn't having it. They're like, okay, well, then why are you here? And I'm just like, because I'm trying to change, yeah. trying to change the perspective of blogging and how we present our content, and not every girl is going to wear a polka dot midi skirt with, like, a fedora. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not that girl. Yeah. And it may mean that I'm going to get booked for less jobs, but if you put me in a group with all these women, who's going to stand out? Not to say that in the cocky way, but yeah. just at the point, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. So when I wrote that post, got me into a lot of trouble. And uh, how did we get here? Uh, inspired. What inspired you to start? Oh, yeah. So then I did that. And then Paris was like, I think you're in the wrong industry. And we just first started dating. I was like, excuse you? <laughs> I was like, all my life, fashion was my life. I did years of fashion show production. And wait, you're telling me that I'm not in the right industry? So he made me think a lot about what I was doing. And I started picking up on patterns of the different jobs and internships I had at that time. And it always had to do with media. So whether it was me doing a graphic for an internship or it was me cutting up a video, or it was me shooting the video, or it was me drawing, whatever the case may be, any different type of media I was doing it, I just didn't pick up on it. And it all still related back to my need to do storytelling. So then when I started picking that apart, I was like, I love storytelling, but if fashion blogging isn't my calling, then what is? And it was, it's always been there. So when I started looking through my resume and updating my resume, I was like, wow, I did a lot of media stuff. Um, maybe I should start looking into that. So I dived heavily into like illustrators. I came across Hattie Stewart, who is to this day one of my top favorite artists. Um, she's inspired a lot of my work that I've done with the doodles over the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since I saw her, and I and I saw Erin um, Kai, and I saw why am I blanking out of names? Steve Harrington. When, once I saw like all of those illustrators and artists in general, I was like, wait, why am I relating so much to this right now? And it had everything I needed. I think I went off topic. No, you're no, absolutely on topic. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just letting you know I ramble a lot. So. <laughs> because this, you're giving us the backstory. I, this is this is yeah. the beautiful part. It's like people just see your work mm-hmm. and they do, they have no idea no how idea, you even right. arrived to where you are right now. Mm-hmm. What inspires you currently? What has inspired you in the past? And what your journey has been like? Right. You know, because I mean, what was that feeling like when you realized that you were you have been doing this thing and then now you're you're about to pivot? And yeah. once you know that you have to pivot, you can't not do it. Because yeah. now you know, like, oh, this is the direction I have to be going in. So yeah. what, what was that feeling like? <laughs> I, I felt so lost because it was, it was a, a moment. 
it was a part of my life that I'd never tapped into fully. So I was like, how do I really activate this? Like, how do I really maximize these opportunities? I was stuck into the fashion world for so long. I only knew one lane. And so when I started doing illustrations and graphics, um, that led me to my first job as creative director for this tech app um, company. It was like a startup company for shoes. And this app was like, oh, you take your phone, take a picture of the shoe, and our app is going to let you know where you can buy it, where you can get it for cheaper, and similar styles. Legit, right? And that was when my kind of like my creative endeavor really took off. I handled all like the content creation for it. I handled all the graphics. Um, we, we had a video segment. I did the hosting for that. I directed it. I made sure it was like very Refinery29 before Refinery29 was like popping. And I was like, we need to be like Refinery29. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is how I imagine it. And we were gearing our way towards that and really like making a dent. But unfortunately with startups, it's either hit or miss. And so the company ended up like closing. And then I moved to doing social media imaging for another agency called CNI Studios in Fort Lauderdale. Um, that job was crazy because I was a man band. I was a one woman band. I was handling like five accounts by myself. I was doing content creation, social analytics, creating the actual content, um, doing the copy, everything. That's a lot. Yeah. And it was stressing me out. Of course. I was like, wait, I, I love this, but no. So then that's what led me to do my first solo exhibit around that time called Socially Exhausted because I was so tired of social media. Wow, look at that. <laughs> I was so tired of it. Yeah. Numbers and content and audience. And it's like you have to constantly kiss ass in order for a brand to grow. And it doesn't feel genuine at that point. Because you're always thinking, what's that viral moment? What's that photo moment? It's like, oh, can we just get back to coffee? Like just shooting coffee and making it look pretty and inspiring others, you know? like. Yeah. So I did that. It led to my first exhibit. And it was called Socially Exhausted, and it was mimicking our social tendencies. So, like, there's this video that I have of a girl taking pills, and that's supposed to tie back into, like, the likes and the comments and the endorphins that you get every time someone likes your photo, and that's why it's so addicting. And other things, like, I had an illustration piece that I did where it's a hand holding a phone, and the hands, um, the arm is cut off. And then the phone is dying because it's detached from the body that's holding it. So what happens when you put your phone down and you leave it alone? It begins to die because there's no one really interacting with it. So it's like real, it, if you look back on those pieces, they're super colorful, super funky. They're making fun of our social tendencies. And I think the best part of that was when people came and they were like having this deep ass conversation about it. Yeah. And I was, they saw through. They saw through all the colors, though. Yeah, there was something deeper there. And I was like, at first, I was laughing at it because I was like, it's not that serious. But then I was like, but this is why I did it. Right. To start that conversation of our social tendencies and how addicted we are to social media. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about social media now? How do we balance social media in real life, or balance life, like in real life, mm -hmm. and our social media life? To be honest, I'm still struggling with that Yeah. Um, because that plays into a lot of my mental and I constantly sometimes feel, I am I doing enough? Because I see everybody else. Yep. Um, am I doing enough? And then if you're like, yeah, I'm doing enough. And then you go back on your Instagram or your Twitter and you're like, you're seeing everybody pop off and you're like, but am I doing enough? Yep. Yeah. And it's a constant vicious cycle. It is. So I like it because, one, it's my bread and butter, right? Yeah. And fortunately, all my clients or big brands have reached out to me because they're like, we love your work on Instagram. It's, a, it's your portfolio. It's my portfolio. But unfortunately, it's like I have to live on here. Yeah. And I don't want to because, one, it's just not good for my mental. Right. And I know it's not real. I know that what I see online is not real. But I don't know. I just I'm still trying to combat it. And so when I asked myself, am I doing enough? I recently saw a friend of mine. Shout out Saria Michelle. She's a blogger in Miami. But she does this thing where every time she does something every day, she writes it down what she did. So by the end of the week, 
she looks at that list and she's like, I did a lot. Like, this is what I did every day. And it's, and it's a very visual reminder to be like, yo, you are doing a lot. And it's just a really good reminder because we constantly feel like, are we doing enough? Like, even when I've landed my accomplishments, I'm like, okay, so what now? Yeah. I'm never content. I'm never yeah. happy. And I have to start t- toggling that with, like, more positive affirmations. Like, do you remember where you were two years ago? Yeah. Do you remember where you were last year? Yeah. I have to cut myself some slack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's obviously easier said than done. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, these are – it's all visual. So it's like you don't really know what – what's real and what's not and you're Mm -hmm. all you're taking all of it as being real even though like consciously you know like oh this is all like projected as to be one thing right you can't help how it filters in your brain exactly you know like that 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 just just like it feels like you always have to just be competitive to seem like you know like relevant in terms of your work and everything because it's Mm -hmm. not just like a a public figure thing it's like this is my work this is how i make my money this is how i'm trying to express myself so it does become personal is there any one thing that you've begun to do like oh yeah uh so in the morning i work out i try to like make that the first thing that i do and me and my friend we started going to the gym around like seven in the morning and in the waking moments i try not to look at my phone because it's like waking up with strangers like would i want to wake up with the whole group of people in my room right now no because that's what it acts like right so that those thoughts have to filter in and next you know you have a whole committee in your room like just be like okay what do you think about what I posted today and it's like 7 a.m. I'm like really is this how I'm gonna start my day so I I try not to look at my phone I work out and then once I settle back in my house and I'm ready to get to work maybe I'll check it Mm -hmm. but little habits like that make me feel like more in tune with reality versus to like what's online yeah Yeah. that's important Um, I went to this talk I don't know if you've heard of Marianne Williamson no, that sounds cool. Yeah, she's amazing. She wrote uh, Return to Love, which is a book that I recommend for you yeah? and everybody. Yeah, she's okay. changed my life. So I went to go see her a few days ago. And um, she was talking about taking a break from social media. And she was talking about how, like, when we log in, what we're doing is that we're um, we're basically absorbing everybody's projected fears, paradigms, everything. And it, and it basically blocks the way that we see ourselves mm. because... We are basically, our minds are being infiltrated by all of these people who are telling you to think this way and telling you to do this and telling you to do that. Meanwhile, you're trying to figure yourself out, but you cannot because you've already absorbed exactly. all the world, essentially, yes. because it's not just one person. It's like thousands of images yes. and people and thoughts and this. And unfortunately, most of it is not you know positive. Most of it is just like, you know, just weird things yeah. that people do. <laughs> so... It's really important to say, like, you know what? I'm choosing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing my peace of mind. I'm choosing to to start my day off on my terms and what I want to do. Because if, if you, the first thing you do is look at your phone, it's no longer your day. Right. Depending on what you saw, whether it's what the president said or, you know, what uh, a terrible violent thing that happened or somebody showing off their ass that you really didn't want to see <laughs> at 7 in the morning, it's no longer your morning. Exactly. You're going to be like... Even if you're not consciously being like, oh, I didn't want to see that, that feeling that you get mm-hmm. is it's going to stay there. And then yeah. now when you get out of bed, you're a different way than you would have been had you not seen that. Facts. Exactly. So what you're doing is very important for your self-preservation. I'm trying. I Kudos am trying. Because, girl, I ain't got room. Yeah. I, I don't you. have room for that. Especially living out here in this crazy <laughs> ass city. I definitely don't have room in this crazy ass city. Yeah. Like, uh-uh. How has this transition been like for you moving to New York from sunny old man? I miss Miami so much. And the only thing I miss about Miami is the weather. Let's yep. be real. Yeah, I feel you. Um, it's been such a huge transition for me. And I, I think I'm still adjusting. I'm still running on Miami time, unfortunately. Like, luckily, I was early today, which is... Yeah, you were on time. Yeah, my friend's like, you're going to be on time. <laughs> and I was like, yo, it's the first. Because <laughs> usually I'm having to, like, Uber it somewhere and just be like, I guess I'm going to have to catch this L because... I'm always late. I'm on Miami time. Um, so I'm still adjusting. I'm getting better with time. Uh, just trying to let it be what it is. I'm trying not to, like, control it or anything because the city is way bigger than me. So yep. if I try to control it, that's going to be very ambitious. <laughs> very. <laughs> Needless to say. <laughs> so I just let it roll off my back and just see where my days go. I try not to give myself pressure. 
because the city tends to do that on its own what have what has been some of like the most challenging adjustments that you've had to make here well it's just trying to find my footprint here creatively yeah I mean mind you it it is all online but I do want to start being present in the physical form and I know that I have a footprint in Miami I know I have a footprint in Atlanta but then when you come here I'm just like I know people but I couldn't really do anything right now that's going to pop off only because I don't haven't established myself here yet. So that feeling alone, it's like I have a long way to go. I feel like I'm almost starting over. Yep. That's essentially what you did, what I did when we moved here. I mean, although I will say that you chose to lean into fear and you chose to shy away from being comfortable, Mm. you know, like when you do make it here, it's going to feel so great. Because you had to start from scratch. <laughs> Here, people don't really care what you did in whatever other exactly. place. Exactly. You have to prove yourself from the very beginning mm-hmm. here. People don't care who you know. Nope. They just want to see action and they want to see you back it up. If that's exactly what that is. And, I mean, do you feel like that is completely different than how things function in Miami? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I love Miami, but we have it so easy down there. Yeah. We have it so easy, man. I didn't realize it until I got here. And this sounds like really like bougie as hell. But like one time I try to get into an event and someone's like, who are you? And I'm like, (gasps) nobody, I guess. (laughs) Now that you pointed that out. Now that you mention it. (laughs) No, you're right. I'm nobody. Let me just go wait my ass in line. Yes. You know, little things like that. It's like we have it way easier in Miami. Um, the community is smaller in Miami, so everyone kind of knows how to maneuver with each other. Here, it's like a whole different monster. Yeah, it really is. It really, really I keep is. looking at the monster. I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, Are you going to try to eat me today? <laughs> yeah, like, what? Give me some tips or something, because, hello, like, yeah, Miami definitely has it way easier. And sometimes I retreat back to Miami because of that. Because it's yeah. like, I just want to, I want sunny, easy. Yes. Okay, a cool. A break. Yeah. A break. That's what Miami has become for me. It's like yeah. a break. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm going next month and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot yes. get there quick enough. Because it's like, first of all, this weather here is out of control. Like, I don't. It's not healthy. I, I think we anticipated winter. But this is like, it's spring and it's still winter. And I don't know if. I ever realized that seasonal depression was a thing. It's a thing. It is a thing. It is such a thing. Everyone's telling me that, and I was like, you're lying. Me too, because, I mean, like, we had nothing to compare to. We're just like, oh, it's going to be winter, like, our first winter, whatever. Mm -hmm. No, this is real. When you walk outside, and it is gray all day Yeah, And then you're like, when was the last time I went out? Especially because you work at home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been like, two days, it's like, wow, I actually have not left the house. I have not had any interaction with the outside world in two days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. This is really sad. (laughs) Takes a pill. Takes a vitamin. (laughs) What is, I think the vitamin D, is it? Yeah. I have a big (laughs) bottle of that. And every time people would come over, I was like, you want one? (laughs) (laughs) I got you. I I know the struggle. (laughs) Listen, everybody needs to be happy. You you want one? I got you. (laughs) take a shot yeah it's it's been such a struggle it's been real but yeah i like have you going back to that front is there anything that you're doing intentionally here in new york that you think is helping you kind of adjust and make sense of this a little better i'm definitely going outside more (laughs) that helps (laughs) like it's been it it got to the point where i was ubering to the gym (laughs) and my gym is like 10 minutes away from me so it's a little lazy, but I was like so sad. I was like, there's no way I'm going to take a 10 minute walk in this in weather. In cold? Are you kidding me? And then have strangers holler? No. Oh my gosh. I feel you. No. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to take a five minute Uber, get to my gym, take an Uber back. And then I don't have to interact with society. Damn. That's how bad it got. And Damn. then I was like, you know what? Come on. You know, I. I, it's so important for me to be more active. You know, I have all this energy, both mentally and physically. I feel like a child half the time. I'm like, you know what? Let me just start walking it out. Yeah. So now I walk to the gym. And those put are... Your headphones in. That's it. Yeah. You know, put my playlist on and I'm invincible. Yeah. And those small little changes have made such a difference. Being able to breathe the outside air, yeah. even if it's brick, it's like... I'm breathing today. Yeah. It's It sounds really corny, but I'm like, I can breathe today. You know, I woke up. I'm about to move for 45 minutes. Like, come on. That's 
it's a blessing. Yeah, it really is. That's amazing that you're looking at it like I'm that. I'm trying to. Because yeah. my mind's like, uh, yeah, it's really cold that. outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's we an just, everyday struggle. We can just Nike train in the apartment. How yep. about that? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I try, I try to like not listen to that little devil mm-hmm. too because really if we fall into that like we will just eat at home every day every and day. just like just stay in those four walls yeah exactly be it. the ultimate hermit which is like sometimes it's appealing especially like when you are out and you have all of that stimulation all those people it's like you can't hurry back to your den quick enough it's like no, okay that's this true. is a lot this is a lot but also it gets a little bit too much i mean i definitely have a rule like my body has established a rule it's two day maximum I have to interact with people before I'm like, all right, I'm tired of people. Mm-hmm. And this happens to me a lot. Like if I go out like for to more an event or something. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I go out for twice a week by like the third day, I'm like, bro, catch you next week. Yeah. Cause I'm so tired. Like for me, people only because I'm so uh, sensitive to energy and I'm so sensitive to everyone around me and I want to be everywhere at the same time. And, um, that I get so exhausted that by the third day, like I said, I'm just like, all right, cool. I'll catch y'all next week. And if you want to hang out, you come to me. Yes. Like come (laughs) to my place. We can just show here. Exactly. I get to control this environment. Exactly. And then when it's time to go, you go and I stay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you on that. I feel the same way. It's uh, it's it's an interesting thing. I don't know how people do it where they're like out every single day and like they have energy every time and like their personalities are still amazing. Like well, that and that's what I combat with a lot too because I'm like I have to be out because it helps my helps my pockets, helps my network, helps my opportunities. I have to be out, but it's like it's such a strain. So that's that's definitely something I'm trying to work on for the summer. I'm trying to you know take these butterfly wings and be more social and because it's going to help me in the long run is it painful very much I always talk myself out of every event before I go I'm like do you really need to go (laughs) but then Paris is like there's free food and there's wine and stuff and I'm like okay I'll go (laughs) and I end up being in the corner and just overseeing people and being a sponge not bad right at least we try we try and i mean like you'll occasionally get that one person you're like oh that was, i met that person yeah like, yeah it was worth it you know exactly yeah and that's how the miami market works the more you're present in these events the more people are like oh you're at last one. Oh, you're at last one next you know it becomes like this norm yeah. and next you know you're like okay finally having a conversation and connecting the dots and that's how I got to meet a lot of people in Miami, just being at the same parties every single time. Yep. Being that annoying person that doesn't talk to anybody, but I'm there. <laughs> and then finally people are like, oh, you're so-and-so. I'm like, yeah. I've been seeing your face around. Yeah. <laughs> you're always by the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although it's like not going to be the same here, though. Here, we're going to have to be. No, you have to be way more. Yeah, you have to be aggressive here. Yeah, because you can go to this party and next week it will be a completely different crowd. Exactly. I went to an event that really inspired me um, a month or so ago. And it was this really tight restaurant, really intimate spot. And I was just glass of wine, just looking at people. But every time I stood next to a stranger, they they would look at me and be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And they're, like, having a conversation. I'm, like, this is what people do. (laughs) People just talk out of nothing. Like, this is what we do here. Like, okay. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, I was, like, knowing everybody in this small little restaurant. And it felt beautiful because I'm, like, okay, it's possible. But, you know, I just have to talk myself into it every time. (laughs) It's, like, what do you say? (laughs) I know. It is weird. Like, do you say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm a fan of your work. Yeah, you can. You can. I think you can. Uh, I think, I mean, like, when people say that to you, I'm sure, like, you don't think it's weird. No, not at all. Yeah. So, like, you But can where do you go from there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It depends, That's like, why I'm on how they receive like, it. Like, yeah. it depends on their energy, like what you were saying. Like, mm-hmm. oh, are they, like, presumptuous? Like, oh, thank you. And then they don't, they're And then not there's, humble. like, that awkward silence where you're just like, all right, cool, bye. And you just walk away. <laughs> but then if they're like, oh, like, what are you up to or whatever, yeah. then there you go. Like, you never know where that could lead. True. Guess, like, that has to be our i'm saying our because i'm struggling with a lot of the same things you're struggling with with our approach here because people here are hungry mm-hmm. people here are very hungry they will oh, think no about, doubt they will not think twice about nah. going up to that person and plugging themselves which i don't think is really our our mo mm-hmm. but 
we have to find like a balance between like not being like super in your face but right. still being like i'm here too yeah i think if i notice that there's somebody that i know that's going to an event i'll do my research to see like their latest work and then instead of being like hi i'm a fan of your work i'm like hi i'm so and so and i really appreciate what you did for such and such and such and they're like oh wow next you know that opens up like this door of like this person knows about me you know or knows what at least what i'm doing and that's hopefully a conversation starter but yeah i'm just so over analytical it's really sad yeah i feel you (laughs) (laughs) i know it's like a blessing and a curse yes it's good to be aware Mm -hmm. you know and there's some people who are like not aware at all and they just like throw themselves out there and it's like oof you probably should have done a little bit more research you know or like understood your approach in this situation so it's like it's also a good thing i think it is i guess yeah hopefully well, going back to some things <laughs> mm-hmm. that I appreciate about you, you oh. recently launched the Axe the Tax, Axe the Pink Tax yes. campaign. Yes. Yeah. I really, really love that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all. But yeah. And please wow. tell everybody like what's going on, what this is, and everything. Yeah. So European Wax Center recently um, started this campaign called Axe the Pink Tax. And basically, women spend an additional... a year just on basic everyday products, right? And that is basically, like, for example, um, men's pack of razor, say it's a pack of five razors, same brand, but it's blue. And then you have the same pack, same brand, but it's pink. So the boys' razors are, like, I'm exaggerating, but let's say it's, like, three bucks, right? For women, it would be six. Mm -mm. Pair of jeans, 50 bucks for women 80 the same thing with jeans yes it goes all the way to apparel girl i thought it was just like cosmetics no it's not it's not even just feminine products it is everyday products that are geared like geared to women so if i have this iphone per se and it's pink or it's just geared to women and it's the same phone same model say everything but it one is for man one is for girl the man is gonna have a cheaper phone than a woman that's insane. Where mm-hmm. did this even start? It started like in the early 90s. I think they have a track or a record that started like in 1994, I think. Um, and it was like a California thing that they found in a law statue, whatever. And there's no reason why. It's just kind of one of those things that they can get away with it. There's like somebody just sneakily put in. And it's just one of those things that just happened and no one really caught it. And then once research started happening, they started realizing that women are spending more money on average per year. Um, and so when European Wax Center found out about this, they're like, wait, we need to like bring awareness to this. Because yeah. one, women, especially Latina women, we make less. What is it? Fifty-four cents was it? I think so. I can look like 53? it up right now. It was the lowest one. So imagine a Latina woman working her ass off. She gets paid the less, and she's spending this additional money on just basic products, deodorant, razors, whatever the case may be. Just because it's geared towards women, we pay more. Baby bottles, everything. Baby bottles. Yeah, like for example, um, again, this is like. Yep. By the way, the yeah, they do make 54 cents That's for every crazy. dollar a white man makes. I can't believe this is still life. I can't believe this is still a this thing is that's a thing. perpetuated. This oh, is a thing. I can't believe it. It's the saddest thing. It really is. And it's like, where do you start with something like that? So I think that's the initiative with European Wax Center. They were like, we have to start somewhere, even if it's just starting the conversation of knowing that, hey, women, we spend more money on the same products per year. Like, it's crazy. So then on axapintax.com, they have this calculator where you type in your birth date and it shows you how much you spent an entire lifetime. Oh my gosh. Did you do it? Yes. How much did you spend? 34 grand. Oh my gosh. Do you understand that that money could have been put towards my college? Yes. Anything. And this is just like, just like, just for me being a woman. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. So I mean, like, and there's no reason why. Nobody knows why it happened. It's is just something changing? Like, is there a way that we can hold companies accountable for this? So or? it's right now we're just trying to wait, like raise awareness with it. Um, and then you can find out all the information of, because um, I know they're doing like um, charity donations. 
um, for the entire month of April. And then also you can go into your local European Wax Center and get your brows tinted. It does not bleach. It's literally like this little mascara application that they put on your eyebrows and it's popping. Yeah. Yes. I had. I was like wearing my pink brows for like a whole week. I was like, girl. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's like make me feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they have. They're doing initiatives where they're giving back to certain charities to make sure that we make some kind of progression towards this because it's like, why? Yeah. So it's really sad. I think so too. Yeah. It almost um, makes it seem like being a woman is like a burden. Like which in in retrospect it's like we're badass yes of course like i'm sorry did you forget how you got here uh hell yeah Uh, obviously they did (laughs) obviously they forgot that if anything (laughs) we should be paying not as much as these men pay for half the things that we get because like you need to honor us everywhere and at the end of the day like men's self-care come on come on what is their self-care come on Come on. A two-in-one shampoo, <laughs> conditioner, like, yeah. and I will. I'm going to send you the PDF that I have, and it's going to give you all the stats of everything, like the price comparisons of everything. It's going to blow your mind. It's probably so sickening. It's very sad. Yeah. Well. So they launched it with a bunch of, you know, online personalities just to get the buzz going. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're at now. I think it's a very important conversation. I, I mean, really, honestly, I didn't really even know this was a thing until very recently. Mm-hmm. And I think as it becomes a part of the collective consciousness, and then we will all be able to like point to like our, you know, legislators and be like, hey, like this should be illegal in our state. Right. And hopefully, like exactly. All of our states. Is this a, is this happening abroad as well? Yeah, it's everywhere. <gasps> it's what? yeah, it's everywhere. It's not just in the U.S. No, no, no. It's like oh wait, this is like this is a thing. Maybe actually. Maybe it's a U.S. thing, but I mean, just in, I mean, yeah, I would just, I think the stats only show for, for U.S. I mean, I'm sure it has to be so But it has to be like if, elsewhere. If the U.S. was able to get away with it and make money and corporations were able well, to make you money Because you know the U.S. is so grimy. greedy. <laughs> so greedy. <laughs> the double G's. Greedy and grimy. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with the U.S. Um, Can we just move? I, I, <laughs> I mean, we just we just got to New York. Like, I know, so we just let's got give here. ourselves a little bit, and then I don't know, maybe relocate somewhere, girl, somewhere in like I don't know. I've I've been thinking about moving to the Caribbean, just like wow. living, in an island, living on an island somewhere. Well, I think like I just want a lot, a lot, a lot of sun after this. Mm-hmm. Like I want to live by a beach because mm-hmm. I have to like make up for all of this, everything the, the that you lost, and the and the you know all of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> New York with? is intense, bro. Like they don't call it the concrete jungle for no reason. Yo. <laughs> like it's legit a wildlife out here. Did you was there anything that you did to prepare yourself mentally before you moved here? I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, to be honest with you, I didn't have a choice in coming here. You didn't? No, to be real with you, I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to move here. What was it? What was what prompted you to come here? Well, then? Paris had a uh, a job offer here. Mm. and months prior we were planning to move to atlanta i love atlanta i love the culture there i have really cool friends there like the scene there is such a baby but it's like pure and when you see everybody it's like yo how can we make our city better instead of like competitive um so i was like and the rent's cheap there okay i was looking at lofts okay where i can have like my own working space everything for a thousand what girl i know i know that's unheard of i know i know so i was like why are we leaving that (laughs) um no but i think this actually reminds me of the podcast i was listening of yours uh surrendering surrendering to the to the perfect perfect timing timing. yes that and i was like wow this girl gets it i was like this isn't some npr shit this is like i'm sitting down with someone like-minded and we're having a conversation of how do we figure this out, you know? And this is something that I've always thought about that my entire career has been based on that principle of perfect timing. So when Paris got that job offer, my universe was like, you want to change. And I know this isn't the change you were looking for, but I got you. Yeah. And so my universe was like, swaying back and forth and I just felt like this pause going through my body and I was like it's time for change my universe was literally just pushing me off the edge and so when you got the job offer literally within an entire month of us going to New York him interviewing for the job 
us coming back to Florida, him getting the last final test for this job, him passing the test and them offering him the job all in a month span. Oh, wow, that's really quick. And then he had to leave within that same month to New York to start the job. And you have to find a place and you have to move your things and you have to sell things and you have to, oh my gosh, that's Mm. really stressful. It was so stressful, but it was like, but it's also such a purge too oh i purged so much i was like getting rid of this 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 that i was like the less the better yeah um it's just a really weird way the universe is me and the universe we've always spoke a language that annoys one another because i'm like i want this i need this and the universe is like you don't want what i want to give you okay because it's going to be not the way that you're ready to embrace it yeah so perfect timing like that's what my whole life has been based off of. And now that I'm here, I'm like, this. I need to be here. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, now that you're here and you've been here for a little, do, are you settled in that feeling like, okay, I was forced to come here, but I see why? I honestly feel more alive than I did back in Miami. I feel so alive. I hear you. I think besides the hustle and besides, like, all the greediness of New York, I definitely do wake up every day, like, more alive like more attentive and more aware and more willing to see where it goes versus in Miami, you kind of just, or anywhere in your hometown, it can be anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You get comfortable. Yeah. And then you start doing things you think are eccentric and are pushing forward your culture, but really it's just coming out of place of comfort. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yikes. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane while doing this will do to you. I mean, like, and again, when like we moved to like the craziest place ever. Yeah. But I'm sure like, just tra- changing things up a- and going anywhere will kind of prompt you to reevaluate and look at yourself and do things in a way that you wouldn't have done them back home. You know, mm-hmm. like even the show, like the podcast, I would have never even thought to do the podcast if I would have stayed in Miami. This podcast came out of a place of, okay, I'm going through so many changes right now. And I just want to be really honest about the fact yes. that it is okay to not have shit figured exactly. out. Exactly. I, I, I swear to you, I spent an entire day just listening to all your episodes and I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, this girl gets it. <laughs> like, I was, like, yelling. I was, like, working. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means so much. Because I just, like, sometimes I feel like, uh, well, like, my first 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 show, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I am just being pushed to do this. I got the equipment within, like, three weeks. I was like, I figured out how to do a podcast. And I was like, okay, I'm here now because the universe is telling me that I need to be open about yes. these things. And then, like... I get these little messages from people from all over, like really like people that are in different parts of the world that are like, I needed to hear this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I gave somebody like a feeling of understanding and I'm just like out here on a whim trying to do this thing. And I just really, really want other people to just yeah. do that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all in our own ways have that calling to do things that like are very out of our comfort zones, very random. We don't know why they're doing, why we feel the need to do it. But as soon as we do, Mm-hmm. It is like, okay, this all makes sense now. Exactly. And yeah. That be, Sometimes awesome. you just saying it helps makes the world difference because it's like a lot of people are so in their mind so much, they lose their sight of what's real. And just having somebody at the same age, same kind of culture, just be like, yo, it's okay to not be where you think you should be at right now. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to hear sometimes. And then yeah. you, once you hear it, you're like, yeah, you're right. How oh, was I thinking? Yeah. And it breaks that vicious cycle of thinking that going back to am I doing enough? Yeah. So I just want to let you know that listening to your episodes, I was just like, finally, <laughs> somebody. Oh, that means so much, girl. You have no idea. It really does. No, I, I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to see and hear what you do next. And for me to even be here saying what I'm saying is like a relief for me because I am talking to somebody that understands that and it's not just for whatever motive like you have genuine motive and you just want to have a conversation about real things and that's necessary and I wish we had more talks like that with our friends about this stuff yeah this is I mean hopefully this starts something I hope so well I know like the people who follow you and who Mm -hmm. are in love with your work are I'm sure going to be really excited to see this other side of you that you can't really get in a visual platform, you know? Um, I think this is so important to see that you are a a nuanced person. Like everything that you do comes from somewhere and we need to see the dimensions in people and we need to see that like, okay, like all these vibrant images online don't necessarily 
uh, are trying to elicit perfection. You mm-hmm. know, like this is this is who Diana is, right. and like she is a very unique individual who has a story. Thank you. And yeah, I think <laughs> that we should all appreciate you because you are amazing. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. where's the where's the corner that I can hide in? <laughs> There's nowhere to hide here. <laughs> and we are um, at the wing. Facts. There's so legit. By the way, I'm so glad that you don't have your you have your back to this window because uh-huh. we're at the wing in this uh, podcasting studio that they have and there's a huge window and there are people walking by and staring really? this whole time. I'm like, if you were looking at them, you would get Ooh, so nervous. Oh my goodness. So I'm so glad. Yeah. But yeah. Uh-uh. This is, this this is so where I'm cool. at right now, listen, perfect. <laughs> don't want to see what's behind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go... If there was one message that you could get out to the world, to the people who follow you, to anybody who's listening, what would that message be? Okay, so this is going to be like low-key a shameless plug, but it makes total sense. Go fund yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say that merely because we are constantly saying, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that because I don't have X, Y, and Z. When I tell my story about how I started, I legit had nothing. I was living in a studio and I had barely any money to feed me in Paris. Like we would starve sometimes, but our need to create and our imagination was so immense that it was fun trying to figure out how can we do certain ideas without having to spend that much money because we didn't have that. So in in the literal form, it's like just because you don't have the right equipment or the right whatever case may be, does not mean you can't do it. It's just saying, hey, let's figure out how we can do it with what you have. And so when I, when I said go fund yourself, it was just like, if one, if nobody, if no brand, if no parent or whatever case may be doesn't want to put money into yourself, you, you bank on yourself and you put that money towards yourself. And in the meantime, while you're growing your pockets, you finesse it and you learn how to do these projects without... A lot of my projects, my K-Swiss project, my um, my Puma project, like all these projects that I've had have been me using the stuff that I have at home. And I don't have a tripod. I don't have all these equipment. But the final product, you would never know that. And to me, that's more of a big gratification than having all this fancy equipment and doing it because it's kind of like there's no real challenge at that point. Yep, exactly. So at this point of your life, if you don't have the means, challenge yourself. And that's what I would say. That's a beautiful message. <laughs> and it's one that everybody needs to hear because I think so often people are like, oh, it needs to be perfect. I need to have this camera. I need to have this location. I need to have this in order for me to start. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're actually procrastinating and wasting all this valuable time. It's kind of excuses. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's pure excuses. So that is a message that everybody needs to soak in right now because it is very important. Yeah. And um, I'm sure by now everybody loves you. So <laughs> where can they find your work? Where can they find you? Well, it's funny that you asked because tomorrow I'm finally launching my site. I feel like I've been working on this site for ages, but it's launching tomorrow. So you can find me at www.coval, that's C-O-V-L dot co. And yeah, I'll be live tomorrow. It's going to have everything I ever wanted on there. Tomorrow is April 20th, but the yes. show will be uh aired next week okay so by then it's on and popping just come by come by my site and check it out and we can find it by uh linking you'll link it on your instagram yeah so it's gonna be in my bio okay um and then i'm announcing it on friday so i'll have everything there and then yeah i'm excited amazing and your instagram is it's koval okay yeah like it's it's and then koval c-o-v-l Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for no, stopping by. No, thank you. Oh, my God. This is going to be so <laughs> exciting for everybody to hear. I'm sure I'm excited. everybody will be like pouncing on this as soon as it gets out because <laughs> this is a side of you that I'm sure everybody has been wanting to hear. Oh, yeah. Thank you for allowing me to be myself here. Of course. Anytime. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that chat. It was a pleasure having Deanna on the show, and this was the first time that we met after having followed each other for a bit on Instagram, but now that I've met her, I really hope to just see her around throughout Brooklyn and interact with her a lot more because she is just an amazing person, I can already tell. If you would like to follow her, which I'm sure you want to right now, her Instagram is itscovel, that's I-T-S-C-O-V-L, and her website is coval.co. 
thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you guys find yourselves in need of inspiration this week, make sure to tune in to my previous episodes and let me know what you think. You guys inspire me to continue doing what I'm doing. And yeah, just remember that. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Bye. That was this week's episode. I really hope you all enjoyed it. If there's anything you would like to chat about, send an email to chats at catlantigua.com and I'll make sure to get back to you. You can keep up with me in between episodes by following catlantxo, that's C-A-T-L-A-N-T-X-O, on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm sending you all lots of love, light, and good vibes. We'll chat next week.